Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be back with you for another episode of the Member Engagement Show. So Alex, being in marketing, when we talk about loyalty programs, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? (laughs) This is very relevant to um, me at the moment because on my way to this podcast recording, I stopped at Starbucks (laughs) because today is double star day. (laughs) I am holding up the the largest cup um, of venti refresher for the afternoon here because I needed a little like jolt of energy Um, and it's double star day. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that, that is delicious. delicious. Yes, yes. But it's double star day. I got my uh, push <laughs> notification on my drive home and was like, oh, this is perfect timing. I need a little bit of energy. Got my stars. So Starbucks just happens to be, you know, top of mind at the moment. <laughs> but what about you? It's so funny because I get I get sucked into these. I know what they're doing. Like we build these things and I still get sucked into them. I yeah. was on, um, I'll never forget, I was on a flight going somewhere and I got an email from, it was actually, it was Birchbox. And they said, you're only X number mm-hmm. of points away from being a VIP. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to be a VIP. What do I, you know, what do I need to do to earn those points? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what I got from being a VIP, but you know. I could call myself a VIP. Exactly. Yeah, it exactly. sounds good. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you want to be one? I know. It's that gamification they get you um, with uh, making it fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it, it's funny what I was talking about, you know, that we build these. I've I've been on the phone with customers. There was one in particular, and there's something in the community um, that we have that it shows you what badges you can achieve. It's, it's taken straight from game theory. Um, and I'm setting this up for them on like live on the call. And so the, the guy's points are changing. We're looking at his profile <laughs> and his points are changing and it's showing now how many points away he is from certain things. And and while we're doing this, he's like, oh, well, well, now I have to go in and do this stuff. And I'm <laughs> laughing at him. I'm like, okay, literally, you are watching me change this stuff. You're what you know, you're telling me what you want to change and how you want this set up. And it's still working on him. And he's hooked. <laughs> exactly. It's it's really it's amazing the way the human brain works that way um, and how incentives can can motivate us to do certain things. For sure. For sure. So you know, whether it's your Starbucks rewards program, Birchbox, or, you know, right within your own community. Um, Associations can use this same theory to um, motivate and get people active and engaged. Um, A lot of times uh, at associations, they're called champions programs. And today we're really excited to have Ashley Brookshaw. She's the manager of community engagement at the American Society of Safety Professionals. And she's joining us to talk all about champions programs 
and how you can get started with one or if you have one, um, how to get the most out of your current program. So welcome, Ashley. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about Champions programs and I, you know, I'm so passionate about them. I just, you know, can't wait to get started and dive into the conversation. That's awesome, Ashley. I feel the same way. Uh, Before we dive into the programs, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and what led you to be so passionate about these programs? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you guys stated, um, I currently work for the American Society of Safety Professionals. And my background really is a mix of um, integrated marketing and communications. I went to Loyola University, Chicago, and I majored in advertising public relations with uh, minors in marketing and Spanish. And then my advanced degree is a master's in multicultural and organizational communication with that concentration in uh, training and development. And one of the things that I've noticed throughout my career is I have a very particular passion for people and technological systems, uh, really kind of creating that environment where people are able to not only connect with each other, but get the resources um, to get things done and really be able to impact and make change wherever they are. Um, I also have a change management certification and part of my approach to online community management and engagement really comes from change management methodologies, you know, really taking a look at how the people and the systems are intersecting to really impact business results. And that is a fantastic background for building something like this. Um, but <laughs> Thank on, you. Also, on a completely different tangent, I will say you have a perfect voice for podcasts. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> we're we're going to have to have you back if you don't do one of your own. Oh, you know, you know what? Um, I love it. Thank you so much. It's it's interesting. Um, I feel much more at home behind the screen than like you know on TV. It's just easy to you know be here and have you know great conversations. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. For for joining us. Um, so, you know, change management, perfect, because like that's a lot of what Champions programs are about is, yes. you know, is getting people motivated, getting them to kind of, and this sounds bad, but do what we want them to do or get them to an end goal. Um, so for those people who aren't familiar when we're talking about Champions programs, um, can, can you give them a little bit of background about what how you define them and why they're important in your association or associations you've worked with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my working definition for Champions Program is that they are either a formal or informal way to leverage your online community's most engaged users towards a specific goal or objective. And that and that particular goal and objective is going to be largely contextualized um, and defined by your organization. I have seen champions programs um, not only in the association space, uh, but I've also seen them done um, a little bit more, um, well, I guess formally and informally at the, at the corporate structure as well, like, you know, through employee resource groups. Um, part of my background as well is, um, you know, in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I like to really think of those types of groups and individuals within those groups as really advocates and champions for either that um, demographic, for that um, ambassador program, if you will, um, either, one, either one of those uh, groups, I would say you know, are really important in affecting change. And as we talk about why they are important, 
it's really going to be dependent on um, the, the level of importance really is dependent on what are you trying to achieve? You know, one of the things that I really uh, strive for as an online community manager and even as a consultant through diversity, equity and inclusion is getting a sense of what is the why? right? You have to start with why and then take a look at the appropriate um, people that A, you're trying to reach and who will be impacted and speaking to them in a language that they you know, can understand in order to advance whatever it is you're trying to advance through a culture change. That's amazing. And you're answering my next question, but before, before I go and dig a little bit deeper into the, the why maybe for your current champions program that you run or that you've set up. Um, I just want to say, I, I think it's really great how you described what a champions program is because they can be really specific to a champions program within a community. They can also refer to, um, a larger like advocate program at your association, but it sounds like, um, the way that you look at it is it's a mix of both almost where you're taking those community champions to, um, inform or be the voice, um, for larger goals at the association. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And, you know, um, kind of just to build on that a little bit is, you know, I know we're defining kind of online community in, in the, uh, terms of the, um, the infrastructure, you know, the technological infrastructure, but just kind of how I look at community building. I mean, I know that COVID has completely transformed the way that we're doing our work, but there are communities and, and subcultures just in every organization, just, you know, in person as well. So that's where my dual kind of um, ability to look at things come from. It's like in the online community itself, you know, advancing that digital culture mm-hmm. change, but I've also seen it done um, around the localized um localities as well. Um, and I think that that lends itself nicely to associations because some associations, if not all, have chapters. Yep. <laughs> and some of yep. those chapters are centered around uh, that local level engagement and activity. Yeah. No, that's that's a really great point that there's all these different you know, sub-segments of your membership. And then when you look at things in terms of um, the digital communities and those natural groups that form... Um, it's it's just a, a perfect matchup there. So going back to what you said about the the why, I thought that was really interesting. When you were setting up the Champions Program at your current role um, at the American Society of Safety Professionals, or you know any previous um, program, how do you go about defining the goals of what those programs are? Yeah, absolutely. So my approach, again, um, from an organizational perspective is taking a look at what are the goals of the overall online community and the organization itself? Um, I think that in order to be most effective, not only as an online community manager, but to really showcase the success of your champions program is to structure the champions program so that it can provide those t- that tangible ROI or key performance indicators that you're already tracking. Um, I know that uh, executive stakeholders, whether that be you know directors or CEOs or a board of directors, they really care about the why are we doing this? Why are we spending resources doing this? Because I don't know about all of you on there, but I've had some conversations with individuals still trying to reinforce the purpose of an online community and the business value that it can provide. And champions programs are an additional way to do that because it leverages those stakeholders, those users, those members that you're trying to reach to be able to demonstrate using data that 
our online community is thriving. The purpose of this champions program can lead to you know increased loyalty with the um, in, with, in, with the association, um, increased volunteer retention, things of that nature. So I just always recommend where you can structuring the champions program to support metrics and key performance indicators that you know that you're. Um, Uh, stakeholders care about currently and what they're tracking. Ashley, I think you have touched on like key components, like the holy grail of community. You're so, (laughs) so many people as much as we wish they wouldn't um, still question the value of an online community. Um, Right. You're mentioning a a lot of stuff at, at a high level. Can you talk about specifics with ASSP, like how, what metrics you're tracking, um, kind of the the specific goal of why you implemented the Champions Program there, what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah. So I initially did the Champions Program um, as a pilot, but like I said, it's really about contextualizing the Champions Program, any Champions Program and metrics that are most important to your online community. So some sample KPIs that we were currently tracking was the, you know, the number of discussions, the number of the replies, um, the number of logins and taking a look at is that in, has that increased since the inception of the champion pro, the champions program. I'm taking a look at the most active users uh, within the community. Um, do any of the champions show up in that dashboard? You know, how many those types of metrics, I think, are the best kind of um, metrics to start with when you're thinking of of either starting a champions program or reinvigorating it, making sure that whatever you're doing, you can always defend it and provide that why. So, so ASSPs right now is is totally focused on community activity. That isn't you've mentioned like DEI volunteering, which I have seen other champions programs intersect with those as well. So, you know, it's interesting. So as it relates to um, the online community for ASSP, um, we currently have three member communities. You know, we have the chapters, we have practice specialties, and we have the common interest groups. The common interest groups are ASSP, what I like to call the diversity, equity, and inclusion groups. Now, what is interesting about those particular groups is that they are virtual-only communities. So their predominant manner of engagement and connecting with people, um, their colleagues within ASSP is through the online platform, they have specified and dedicated pages where their members are able to, you know, talk and connect and share resources around um, different topics and issues that they may be facing. But yes, what we are currently tracking as it relates to um, the Champions Program was related to the overall community. So how many people um, are logging in, how many people are having discussions and how many people are, you know, replying and really tracking what is that average reply rate? Does it increase quarter over quarter, et cetera? Oh, excellent. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think it just, it helps make things more concrete for our audience when, yeah, when they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's what she's looking at. That's oh, what course. she means. So I think that's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like, like we just said, all of that is going to look different depending on what your organizational use case is for online community. So I encourage all of you to, you know, listening to kind of take a look, if you're thinking about champions programs, or if you're having one, um, maybe a good time to do an audit of your champions program. Like, are we tracking things that are centered around what's most 
most important to the organizational KPIs at this moment. I mean, as, as we know from the, you know, just the pandemic and the, the digital transformation of work, things may look, you know, have looked dramatically different in the past, you know, 12 months or so. So it might be a good time to do an audit or, you know, kind of as you're thinking, if you're just starting out, like thinking with, you know, that end in mind and being like, this is a, this may be a new reality for some people. This may be, you know, a new normal and making sure that you're crafting and setting yourself up for success as well as your uh, champions as well. So, and related to that, yes, that we definitely saw behaviors change over the last year, um, which has been fantastic. what so kind of the, the maybe it's the flip side of the metrics. What activities um, are you promoting uh, for the champions? Like we've seen people do everything from uh, help answer unanswered questions yeah, and you know right. speak even absolutely. you know when it starts getting outside of the community, help speak at you know at events, um, help us host a <laughs> webinar, write blogs, that kind of thing. What um, yeah, what what kinds of things do you include and, and kind of in addition to that, which ones have you seen to be most successful for you guys? Sure. I think all of that is great. So I want to contextualize for um, our listeners and you guys as well is that our Champions program was also created as a pilot, as that micro-volunteer opportunity. So it was really centered around the community moderation. So going through um, the different discussion forums and our global discussion forums and making sure that um, people are getting answers to their questions or acknowledge that they've asked a question, you know, really creating that welcoming environment. The Champions program as it relates to our online system currently does not extend outside of it. So to your point, you were talking about um, speak at this event on behalf of us or like host a webinar. Those are all great things um, as well, but I have not done that with our Champions Program just yet. But yes, I love the fact that you um, brought that up as something to um, share forward because I think that that's amazing. It's all about, again, what is most important to your organization and where is the excuse me, where can the champion provide the most value for their time and what can the organization um, also get? So highlighting that what's in it for both, as I like to say, from a, from a change management perspective. That's great. So how, how do you structure your program? Um, what, what kinds of asks do you currently have and how do you incentivize uh, your community members to, to follow through with some of them? Yeah, absolutely. So I really approach the champions program like I would approach any other like volunteer or job, if you will. Um, what you'll know about me is that Ashley's really into her structure, right? <laughs> so I created, for, first and foremost, I created a job description. Yes, I did with the time duration on it, with um, you know what they can expect, the purpose of it. I think when you're doing a champions program or you're asking someone to volunteer, and or donate the, donate their time, setting forth clear expectations on not only you know the, the time commitment, but what the the benefit to them I think is really important. Um, I also did a. Um, a in quotations, like an application form. So just, you know, some basic, like not only sourcing the community to see who was already um, active, but kind of creating like this kind of 
invite only or kind of like a little bit of this exclusivity, like, oh, you have to, you got to apply for this. And literally the application was like, what, first name, last name, why, how long have you been a member? Why? Like, I mean, just very basic information, but kind of pushing it through an online community campaign as well, because we do um, monthly, we do monthly marketing communications, uh, promoting what's going on in the online community and encouraging people, you know, if they haven't logged in to sign up and, you know, take a look. But yeah, I, I was really structured about it. So having that application process again, and application process sounds fancy. It was literally like one form. Um, and it, um, lived within our like current volunteer structure. And then, um, I, this is a great opportunity, um, for you guys listening. If you, um, are in an association and you don't have like a cross-functional community team, champions programs are also a great way to engender, uh, stakeholder trust and engagement with other departments to be like, Hey guys, starting this champions program. So, Hey, marketing, we're starting this champions program. Um, what kinds of things are you looking to do? Like, what are you interested in? Like, what are your objectives? Maybe our champions can help fulfill some of those objectives. So I partnered with, um, I kind of did my ragtag team from other departments to be like, Hey guys, um, we have all of these members that have applied, you know, let's take a look and take a look at how we want to really set up this first cohort in terms of incentivizing them. Um, I recommend leveraging the technology of your community. Like you had guys alluded to earlier, everybody loves badges. Everybody loves gamification. Um, totally random, not all, not all the way off topic, but I just got my Peloton. Peloton has so many different badges, right? So like, I get excited by seeing those, like that's a different type of community, but the premise is still the same. You know what I mean? So um, incentivize them through, you know, special badging and, um, you know, exclusive access to, to test things, a, a private only collaboration group where they can connect with each other. So there's lots of different ways to be able to not only structure the program as we go back to our working definition that I provided earlier on, you know, champions programs can be as formal as you want or informal as you want want. You know, that's going to depend on you and the resources available and how you want to set it up. But um, I always just recommend those key foundational pieces of just, you know, write it down, document what you want them to do, how long you want them to do it, what support that they're going to get. Because as a micro volunteering opportunity, it was really about an, an easy way for them to engage. I think it was like six months that I'd had the um, first cohort and then you had to kind of like reapply, but there's so many different volunteer opportunities within associations. This was like a small kind of, you know, nugget and or carrot to get people into volunteering um, without having to do like a, an elected volunteer leader position. That's, you know, a year or two years or, you know, sometimes three, depending on what that is. Yeah. No, I absolutely love what you said about setting clear expectations because just with any sort of, any sort of volunteer position, um, you know, whether it's a community champion or you're volunteering for like a board role or something like that, anything that states, you know, what the expectation is will only make things better for everyone involved. Yeah. And I did onboarding. Like I did, you know, welcome. Here's why you're here. Here's why you're here. Here's what the community is for. Here's how you can have own a piece of it and kind of affect change. So I did kind of a whole onboarding thing as well. That's, that goes back to the training and development background <laughs> that I have as well. Cause, um, it's, I think it's really important. Um, and nothing, I gotta be honest, nothing disengages me more 
than not understanding what I'm doing or why I'm doing it or not having some sort of reference material. We all have busy lives. And I think just creating a resource toolkit will go a long way and not only reminding the, the individual why they're volunteering their time, but reminding you as well as the manager of the program, like why you have the program and what expectation has been set. So if there's a subtle shift that needs to happen, you have the document to say, this is what we agreed on initially. Should we need to make changes? It's fluid. Let's go ahead and have that conversation. I like tangibility where I can get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I, you know, this kind of goes back, you mentioned job descriptions and you know, I've used to run a volunteer program uh, at an association in a former life. And it was one of the things that I was taught going into that volunteer program is that you treat volunteer opportunities just like you would hiring someone for a job, like job description, onboarding, like you hit like all of those key points because, you know, it, it is, it's, it, it holds each side accountable to it and, it, you know, and, and makes you understand um, each side, understand what the expectations are. And especially with volunteers, with your members, it's so key that no one walks away from that, um, that engagement, that opportunity, disillusioned, um, feeling unsatisfied about it. Like you want to make sure that both sides get rewarded out of it. Absolutely. And making sure to, you know, resourcing, I think is, is very important. So also what I would uh, recommend is having, whether you're just starting out or revamping your champions program, really spending a moment or two thinking strategically on how many champions can I, can we realistically support? Is there enough work and or engagement opportunities for the champion? So I think um, for the first cohort, I think I did like 20, maybe 15 to 20. Um, But that's just something I wanted to share with the listeners as well as, you know, everything that we do as it relates to online community um, management and engagement and, you know, champions programs is no different. Spend some time thinking about the strategy. That's again, just coming back to what's the goal? Why do we want the champions program? What's the goal of it? Who are we going to target? Have a plan for engagement. So I had, like I said, that duration of about um, six months. So having the, the regular touch points, who do they go to if they have questions? What resources? Sources, can we equip them with, you know, kind of um, thinking through just a quick strat plan? I mean, I know people think that strat plan, sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to do another plan, but I got to tell you, Ashley loves her plans. I love my tangibility so that when we have conversations with people, I can be like, oh, no, no, wait, have the plan for that. And it's a great way to, you know, collaborate with other individuals as well, because marketing may have a different thought. So we can, you know, throw some marketing pieces in there. Communications or professional development may have a different thought, you know, put that in there so that you can really build a cohesive program that will provide um, value for a lot of different people. For sure. You have to start somewhere. It's always good to have it documented where you're starting from. And that will help that'll just help with that buy-in across the the organization as well. Showing that this is a serious initiative and we are taking time to think through this and it's really important and you know we're excited about it and there's something in here for everybody. Yeah, and it affects change. So 100%. Like I like to think of the champions as the the stewards of the, you know, the digital culture guided by me as that kind of unseen hand because part of this is just my personal and professional opinion um I think the best online communities are where the community manager speaks very little. 
It's about the community really talking to each other, members helping members. Like, I, I got to tell you, I get so excited when someone answers a, the question. I'm like, that I don't have to, I don't have to prompt anybody to answer. You're answering each other's <laughs> questions. You know, like you, you put a resource, they're like, oh, here's this and this other thread. Like that just makes me really happy. And it shows the, you know, the health of the community and the importance of, you know, bringing those people together um, to be able to advance whatever goal your community is supposed to be advancing. Absolutely. I agree with all of that 100%. Um, I I did. I wanted to jump back to something you mentioned a, a few minutes ago now about in, engendering trust, um, uh, you know, across the organization. And you were mentioning internal stakeholders, and I I agree with that. I've um, I've had a lot of success with the same thing. Um, one of the other things, and you actually, and I, I forget what you just said, but I'm like, oh, that's exactly it. Um, what you just said, but I guess it was like the stewards of the digital culture, which is a fantastic catchphrase, by the way. Oh, thank you. Feel free to use. I, I will. I will. <laughs> I will shamelessly steal that one, Ashley. Um, but uh, the, um, with the engendering trust, I, I've found like with champions programs that it also helps engender trust with your members because they know that a group of members are part of the community, that they are leading the community. They have a, a voice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing you're feeling the same thing and that that. Yeah. The, being the stewards kind of touches on that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, you know, with associations, um, you know, they're predominantly member led organizations, right? So like, um, as it, as we talk about, you know, value, different value propositions of online community, um, our online community is like that exclusive member benefit. Like you have to be a member of ASSP in order to log in to the community and get access to things. Um, so by having the champions program, it really lifts a certain, uh, it lifts members up as well to be like, you know, this is a, this is an exclusive member benefit. I'm volunteering my time. I get a special badge. It shows that I am, you know, kind of a, a subject matter expert as it relates to whatever forum I may be taking a look at, whatever forum I may be watching. So, um, as we kind of talked about earlier, the, the structure of your online community, I think, will also impact how you set up your champions programs. So, for example, our online community, we have some global discussion forums that every uh, member can get access to, whether that be, you know, uh, the safety technical talk, the regular chatter one, um, the help and feedback. And then if you remember, I alluded to earlier, we have the virtual communities, you know, the di diversity, equity and inclusion groups or those technical communities. Those are paid products additionally within ASSP. So in order to get access to those particular pages, you have to be an additional member of those communities. Right. So when you think about champions programs, I also went through some of the applicants to get a sense of who was a part of which online community space to help provide some additional support for leadership in those areas as well. So I say all that to say to everyone that's listening again, kind of having like that strat plan or just kind of thinking not only 
who you're trying to impact, right? So who, who is the target audience? What are the organizational goals that champions programs can help affect, but also thinking through how is your online community set up and how is it segmented? Like what's that user experience and making sure that you're thinking of all of those things as you're crafting, like, how do I want to do this, um, you know, champions program? Like how, how can I make the best experience for these people that are taking the time to volunteer their time to assist with this while making sure that people are seeing the value on both ends? Wow. <laughs> that, that was incredible. And that was a lot of advice. And that was incredible advice. I, I aim you, to provide value where I can. I'm like, wow, I don't even know where to go from there. Um, you've obviously, you've thought through the details. You, you know, you had your strat plan. Um, I can't imagine that you ran into any roadblocks and trouble along the way, being as thorough as you obviously are. Um, but are, are were there things that you ran into that surprised you that you would do differently going into it again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that as much as culture can be a blessing, culture can also be a bit of a roadblock. So when we're talking about the reinforcing the value like of online community, really taking a look at how the community is structured. Um, sometimes if online communities are like super matrixed and they're just a lot of like different entry points, that can, again, inform how you set up the champions program. So I don't like to necessarily call them roadblocks per se, just more things to be aware of, I would say. Um, as a... Yeah. And as an online community manager, the best advice I can provide to fellow you know, community professionals is uh, the necessity to be flexible and innovative. Like there are going to be, you're, you're going to be traveling down the road and you might fall through a trap door, right? Or there might be, <laughs> there might be a kind of thinking of like a video game. There might be this random kind of wall pop up and you have to figure out, you know, what's the best way to, to, to pivot in a sense. So because to your point, like I thought, I think through things so strategically as in as much detail as I can and um, working with other people, like working with other departments, because really that diversity of thought and perspective can assist in, in the champions program as well. So I'm um, letting everyone know to not only use the resources, like the technology as incentivized, like incentives as a resource, but use your fellow colleagues. You know, if you have a, a trusted uh, friend or partner at work or someone else in another department, run your strat plan by them. I, I think that that's the best way to do it too, because it, it depends on um, where online community lives in associations, but it really should be leveraged as that organizational access, uh, asset to maximize the time that the champions are putting into it as well as the time that you're putting into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's, it's almost like they're not roadblocks per se, but you know that there will be things that you can't plan for just quite yet until you start doing it. And then the more people you have involved, whether it's internally and then also your champions who, you know, you can't exactly anticipate how they might participate with something or react to something or... That was going to be my next point. Yeah. Just like, um, that's why I think the job description or just kind of setting those clear expectations on what the time commitment is for them, because you may get excited. You Like some people, you know, they apply for everything and everything. And then when they see like how much time it takes or kind of what that is, or maybe like, 
oh, like I may not have time for that or, oh, you know, that was not what I um, originally thought. And to be perfectly honest, be prepared that some people just like to apply for things <laughs> just to put it on their resume. I mean, one, like, you will always get transparency for honesty from Ashley, I'm telling you. So just as, you know, the online community manager check in with people that you may not be hearing from or seeing them to be like, Hey, just checking on your continued desire to can, you know, continue to be engaged or, you know, maybe now's not a great time for you. So just kind of, you know, keeping a pulse check on what you see um, and who you see, you know, showing up in, in the community that have applied for the champions program, but um, understanding it is volunteer. And sometimes, um, you know, competing priorities tend to emerge. Yeah. If you will. We've, we've actually with certain programs I've run, we've built in, uh, gateways, if you will, certain expectations that you have to you have to meet to maintain that champion status. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been an incredible conversation, Ashley. You have dropped so many insights here today <laughs> and one-liners that we'll be using in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you one final question that we ask all of our guests. And you know, if you, you feel free to tie it back to a Champions program or anything um, that comes to mind. But what is your favorite engagement tactic? Yeah. So I love the gamification and the badging. Um, and the reason I love that so much is because I'm a little bit of a... <laughs> just tiny bit, not much, um, a, a competitive person. Like I like to go to profiles and see all of the badges or I'm always like, you know, what, what can I, what else can I get or what else can I do? And I would imagine that, um, there are a subset of people who are just like me. So I tried to, um, take a look at how can I utilize gamification within the system, whether that be through badging, um, you know, some sort of special status, you know, the points, um, again, tied to organizational objectives and KPIs. I always have that in mind um, to get people more excited. Uh, and I love to run contests as well. And, um, you know, I, I've, uh, we're blessed to have like a, a bit of a budget where I've been able to do some community swag. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is that um, I say you have to have a profile photo to be considered. So like if we send out a, a link to something, yes. And I say, you know, make sure that you have a, you know, your ASSP membership is in good standing. You must have a profile photo to be considered. Some of the photos that people will upload for kicks and get. I mean, I had someone upload a picture of their receipt just because I just said, if that's your visual representation and that's how you want to be identified, I mean, you, you do you boo. But, um, it's, it's, those are the types of things I like to see where it's like, you know, you give people a little bit of flexibility and guidance at the same time. And then, you know, you kind of see what pops up, but my favorite by far is, you know, the gamification and the points. And then when I run contests with the, with the current profile photo, like, like I love to see these random photos come in. I've, I've seen everything, like I said, from a receipt to sports logos to people with their kids. Like it just really, I think, reinforces uh, the sense of community and, and, and helps that connection between people. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'll never forget working with an engineering group and one of the engineers, we kept pestering him about uploading a photo and he finally uh, <laughs> uploaded a picture of a graph. I was like, well, that's that's. Perfect for an engineer. Yeah, yeah. That, that works. It's that, that, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's perfect. Yeah, I had somebody um, be a little uh, reluctant to add a photo, but they finally just did a hard hat with their middle, like their last that, name on it. I said, that counts. That 
That counts. It doesn't have to be of your face. It's, you know, whatever visual yeah. representation you want. So, yeah. Ashley, you have shared so much incredible information with us and our audience today. Um, I'm sure people will have some follow-up questions. Um, if you don't mind them reaching out to you, where is the best place for them to find you? Um, where can they find you on LinkedIn, Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the best way to get in touch with me is just to find me on LinkedIn. And my last name's uh, Brookshaw, B-R-O-O-K-S-H-A-W. You know, I encourage you guys to send me a message, you know, um, connect with me. I'm always happy to, to talk anything community. Well, thank you so much again, everyone. And before we wrap up today's episode, I just want to share one quick housekeeping note. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, Heather will be leaving Higher Logic, but we're really excited for her next step in her career journey. And luckily, Heather will not be leaving the podcast and she'll be staying on as my co-host for a while. So Heather, do you want to tell us a little bit about your next steps? Yeah, absolutely. And Alex, I'm very excited to be staying on with you. I know. We've we've just gone in the groove exactly, here. You know, exactly. Nine, 10 episodes in. <laughs> Yeah. So my next chapter, I am starting a new company with several former colleagues. Uh, the new company is called Cloud Generation. We will still be serving the association space uh, also with software. So stay tuned. We'll have more information coming out about that within the next few months. Um, but yeah, super excited to still be part of the podcast and, uh, and still be staying part of the, the Higher Logic family. Awesome. Well, we look forward to learning more about the company in the future and excited that my co-host, my fearless co-host will be here along with me for the future. So we'll see everybody on the next episode. 